Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Leave Your Shoes by the Door, and today I have James Adner. James, thanks for being on here. Oh, no problem. I appreciate you thinking of me. Of course, of course, James. And James and I, we actually have a history. James and I were in the same uh, uh, real academy class. Do um, you know when that was? How long ago that was, James? Uh, I think, what, three years ago? Um, I, I'm not sure. I've got, the, uh, I've got my real academy uh, thing up here on my shelf, so I might be able to find that out real quick, but I believe it was three years ago. Yeah, we'll just say three. Um, but before we get into something, I was actually doing my, my usual journalistic uh, research on my guests, and I saw that you uh, <laughs> do flips. You flip houses. Is that is that right? Absolutely, yeah. My, my son and I, uh, we, uh, we started a company around 2017 to make it official. I think we uh, started a company um, with the two of us uh, to just specifically to flip houses. We keep our, real, our, our typical real estate, real estate sales. Um, separate in a, in a different entity, and then we uh, so we started that company just to to buy and hold and, and flip homes. But uh, it's funny you asked about that because that's why that's the reason I got into this business. Um, you know, when I when I retired from IT from uh, Wilhelm Construction for 21, 22 years, the the plan was to flip houses. And so I got my real estate license basically just so that I could, you know, save some money on, on commissions, market my own properties uh, when I get done flipping them. And um, I did that in June of 2012 and didn't flip my first house until, I believe, 2015. Okay. So the plans definitely, the plans definitely didn't go as I, as I thought. Um, I got my license and then realized that I, uh, I knew absolutely, I, I, had, I had a license, but I had no idea how to sell a house. Um, and by the time I got done with going through the, the training program at uh, Century 21 Sheets, um, I just hit the ground running uh, in real estate. And by the next spring, when it was time to start flipping houses, I was going gangbusters and had fallen in love with it and just never pulled the trigger on the first flip until about three or four years later. So give me ballpark. How many, how many houses do you think you flipped? Since like 2015, I, I've probably, I'm averaging about uh, three or four a year. No kidding. Um, so probably maybe 15 or 20. Uh, you know, our goal is to get up to where we can flip. Uh, you know, every year we say our goal is to get up to where we can flip, flip 10 to 15 a year. Um, but to be honest with you, I only know a few real estate professionals that are doing that, um, and not many of them are selling real estate as well. And sure. so that's probably been our biggest uh, holdback, because uh, my son and I would both still love to sell real estate and work yeah. with first-time home buyers and do all that. And as soon as you start babysitting all these flips, um, it takes uh, it takes a lot of, a lot out of you, and it takes a lot of time. Um, I know a guy that's, uh, in our industry um, that flips 40, 45 homes a year, uh, but he doesn't he doesn't sell real estate anymore. You know, that's all he does. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much time in the day, and it sounds like it's all of your energy to do, what, 44 houses a year? That's amazing. It's crazy. I mean, I, of course, he's got contractors doing everything just like we do. And, you know, the first few we flipped, I did all the work. I mean, they took a while, and I did all the work. Uh, unless it was a trade that needed a license and I just couldn't do it. 
Um, but now we, we, we've got contractors and we don't, we don't really do any of the work. We do all the design and the planning. Sure. And I just want to say your son, Christian, who's also in the industry and he's a, uh, an Eastern division leader. I, yeah, absolutely. James, talk to me as, as a layman. All right. I am the layman and I, and I've decided I want to flip a house. What would be the starting checklist of, you know, deciding to flip a house? What, and, and from your experience, what are the first three things you just have to get out of the way immediately to make sure that this is going to be a successful flip? Yeah. So I think the biggest, the key first thing is probably to find the right home. Um, and, 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 and a layman, somebody that isn't in this business, somebody that doesn't understand houses, hasn't bought several of them or, or bought and sold and been through all the inspection periods, I say you've got to get a good realtor um, to help you. People want to save the money because, of, you know, they say they're cutting the profits, but you've got to spend the money in the right places to make money, and that's using a realtor to buy a good house. It's not going to get you underwater right off of that, and using contractors for the work. Um, I, I would, somebody that was new to this, I would recommend having a reputable inspector come in and do a full inspection on the house that you're buying. I don't do inspections on any house that I buy now, but I've done enough of them. And I've, been, and I've been in this business and sold enough homes and seen enough inspection reports that I know what I'm looking for. A, late, a new person to doing it, they should definitely have the house inspected, have somebody watching their back, helping them through the process, multiple bids from contractors. You know, we've got, you know, we've got several that we will have bid work. We primarily use one or two to do most of our work. Getting the right contractor, somebody you're comfortable with, and they, they, they have they either have all the licenses they need, or they have subcontractors that do. Yeah. Um, so I, and buying a house and trying to do it yourself, it's a hard way to go, uh, unless you just have a lot of time, and you don't mind doing one or one a year, you know. And I think that's, uh, you know, you you obviously have the experience. You've been doing it for five years. And, you know, when you say, you know, you want to flip a house, yeah, you're saying DIY, do it yourself. But even you're saying, even then, you need to outsource some of the professional work to the professionals. You know, this Absolutely. isn't time for cutting, cutting corners on cost. I mean, you need to take the, take the, the hit and, and invest in, in reputable professionals for some of the, the process. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 there was a couple of my first few flips where if I added up my, the, my time, that I had invested in it, yep. I could have paid a contractor to do the work twice. Yep. You know, and yeah. it, it all comes to that, you know, and it depends on where you're in your, where you're at in life. Somebody that's retired and used to be in construction or something like that, and that's what they're doing as a hobby, maybe that doesn't apply to them at all. Maybe they go and they do it and they buy it and they do one or two a year um, and they do all the work and that's their hobby, that's what they're doing. So sure. anybody that has a job should be just paying somebody to do it because they're going to do it better. They're going to do it faster. And in the long run, most of the time, it's going to be done. The overall cost is going to be less. Yeah. You know, I, I guarantee you there's been a couple of clips that I've done in the early years when I first started that I spent more money in materials to fix mistakes in my time by far than if I just paid somebody to do it. Yeah, and I think that's such an important point that you make about, you know, when you when you think about costs, you immediately think of of uh, money. You know, how much is this going to cost me in money terms? 
But I like how you equate that to time. How much time have I spent to do this? And how much time is my, my how much money is my time worth? And and really equaling that into a, a true investment. I think that really is a, a really good point. And I think it's a valid point given that in your experience. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I, and then, and again, it, it depends on what you're doing. Because like I, I, I'm looking, I'm just walking around while I'm talking here, and I'm looking. We've been talking about putting a backsplash in. You know, I can do the backsplash, and if I decide I got a weekend to do it, and I want to, and I want to do it and have fun, then it's worth it. But if I'm doing it because it needs to get done because we've decided to sell our condo or whatever, um, I'm just going to call my contractor and say, "Hey, stop in at Lowe's, pick up this." Tile and come put in a backsplash for me. Yeah. Because the amount of time that I'm going to spend doing it, I can turn around and go, um, and, and probably most of the people listening to this will be in real estate, so you, you could go sell another house. You could go yeah. sell another house. Yeah. You know, you can want a listing appointment, and those dollar productive activities far outweigh the amount of money that you're going to save rather than paying this guy to, to put in that backsplash. Plus, when they start tearing into it, Especially, like, you know, when you start tearing into these projects, there's so many unknowns, things that you didn't expect to find, you know. Um, damage that was hidden in a wall. You start opening it up, now all of a sudden that, that job that was supposed to take a weekend is now a, a week or two weeks, and yeah. it just becomes a mess. Yeah. Well, it's, it's clear you're a, you're a man of many talents. I mean, it sounds like you had a career before your second career as a realtor in, a, in, a, in flipping houses. And uh, a big policy that MyBoards introduces is uh, clear cooperation. Uh, for those listening, you can find out all the details of that at myboard.com slash clear cooperation. And we don't need to get into the, the full logistics, but a very uh, surface level of, of a successful realtor as yourself and, and what that means to you. Uh, clear cooperation is applicable to exempt listings, or as we're calling them now, office-exclusive listings. Uh, so, James, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what clear cooperation means to you and how that will affect your business or how your business was before clear cooperation or just your two cents on it? Well, my, my, the, the, the quick version of that is that it hasn't affected it at all. Um, I can still do everything I did before, um, but there, there's a little more, um, a, there's some more rules behind it. Um, there's a little bit of structure to it, and hopefully, my hope is, that it will um, help help prevent some of the bad apples from doing the doing it the wrong way. You you got on my radar. I knew you'd be a great person to talk about this because I was at the uh, Eastern Division meeting a few months ago and I was talking about this policy, and uh, you you started talking to you know the other professionals in the room about it and how you use the status temporary off market to kind of use that to your advantage and and buy some time. So if you could tell me what are the pros and cons of placing a listing in the temporary off-market status at the beginning of the listing. Yeah, so the, so the temporary off-market now has, in my business, in my, in my marketing model, has basically replaced the, um, I, I use the exempt listing, and I would do two listing contracts with my, um, with my sellers. I would do a, Listing contract that lasted seven to ten, fourteen days, probably at the max, for my coming soon period. That was the time for me for them to finish getting ready, getting the house ready, for me to put a sign in the yard and start getting um, you know neighbors and, and and people that driving through the neighborhood to know that this house is getting ready to be on the market 
um, and for me to start and get photography and just to start building a buzz about the house. You know, homes and right course, now. And, of course, the major benefit but, of that your days on market hasn't begun counting yet in the BLC. That's, the, that's really, in my opinion, the number one is that the reason for doing it that way is that the days on market didn't accumulate. Um, now, the way I did it, I did not allow any showings during that period. I didn't show it. I don't allow. I didn't allow anyone else to show it. Um, I would take calls. I got calls all the time. I get, when I was doing it that way, I would get calls all the time from agents and individuals saying, "Hey, can you tell me about this?" I would send all the information to the agents. Um, if I talked to a buyer, I would ask them, "Do you have an agent? If so, have them give me a call. I'll give them all the information." They didn't have an an agent. I would take their information. I would tell them about the property. And I would tell them, hey, it's going to come on the market Thursday at 2 o'clock. Would you like to schedule an appointment to see it at 2.15? You know, and, yeah. I, and I would, when I would talk to an agent, I would tell them, it's going on the market at 2 o'clock on Thursday. You know, if you want, I'll go ahead and, 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 and block you a time, you know, schedule you a time for, you know, in CSS. Sure. Um, so, and the reason I did too is because I didn't want – the days on market to accumulate. So that listing that I did for the coming soon would expire yeah. on a Wednesday at midnight. My new full listing agreement that was going into the BLC would go live at you know, midnight on Thursday, or I mean Thursday morning. Um, so there was no time where I was out of contract with these people um, to protect myself. Uh, from the door knockers that come up and say, hey, you, you want to sell your house without an agent. Sure. Um, so I was protected, um, and I was following all the rules, and I didn't have days on market. Now, temporarily off market, which is my board's way of, of um, accommodating NAR's new clear cooperation and, and doing it at the beginning of the listing, that, that was kind of a game changer. Now I only have to do one listing contract, but we go in temporarily off the market for, you know, that same seven to ten day period. Yeah. We accomplish all of those same things during that period of time. And then when we, when we flip the switch to go live, it comes on with one day on market and everything just takes off like it, you know, like it should. Because you're able to successfully create that buzz and awareness that the second that DON starts counting, you, you hit the ground running. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, and I'll tell you, some of the people that argue against it, um, there are several things that they say. First of all, you, you know, I, I hate to say it this way, but right now in this market, any monkey could go put a sign in the yard and sell your house. Anybody, you don't have to know anything to actually list and sell a house right now because everything that's priced anywhere reasonable is going to sell and it's going to sell quick. Right. And so they're saying, well, why do you even need this if everything's going to sell so quickly? Well, and, th and then everybody says, you're cutting everybody out. You're trying to get a me and me. I, I, I've done, ever since I've started coming soon, and I do take a little pride in the fact that people were doing coming soon before me, but I think I kind of changed the way it was being done. And I, and I think it got a lot of attention because of all the buzz that was around it. And... In all of that time frame, I've probably done two me and me's or limited agency transactions. Right. And I'm, if I'm if I'm not if I'm thinking right, 
one of those might not might might not have been done on a coming soon. I am not at all looking for a me and me. Do I want leads? Yeah, I, I want leads. Um, do, do I care if those leads buy that house? I want to sell the house, but I'm going to sell the house anyway because we're pricing it right. So I want the leads. Um, so leads are a, a good reason to do it. Me and me's or limited agency is a terrible reason to do it. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, I just totally talked myself into a circle there and forgot what I was what, what No, I, I'm, be, I'm so. totally back. <laughs> that, James, that was going to be my follow-up question is a major misconception about this approach is that that's a, you know, kind of a snaky way to get to that uh, me and me transaction. And, and so, no, I'm, I'm letting you go. You, you address that directly. So, it's, I mean, well, and, and I would be, and I would be 100% okay. And I know a lot of people have, have you know, not, I don't know, lobbied is the right word, uh, but are proponents of, of me and me's or limited agencies um, being outlawed in Indiana like it is in some states. I would be absolutely fine with that um, sure. because it's not a, even a part of my business. When I take a listing, I expect to get, you know, my part of that commission. And I fully expect to pay a buyer's commission uh, uh, to an agent. Sure. When I list one, and even on every, and I, you know, and then there's the argument that you know, well, somebody could come write an offer before it's ever if it, it's ever hits the market. Yes, it could happen. I've done coming soon on some really really nice homes, and it's never happened. I guess I'm asking for your advice again. So I'm asking you about your advice on flip houses, and now I'm asking you your advice on this approach. Because if I'm a, you know, an, an agent and I'm listening to this podcast, I'm thinking, man, that sounds like a great way to, you know, promote a, a listing that I have. And, 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 you know, I think it's important that we stress again that this is absolutely within the rules and guidelines of the BLC, so it's totally permissible. So what advice would you give to an agent who's considering this type of, of listing model, this, this approach? What advice would you give that agent? Oh, well, I would just highly uh, suggest doing it. And if you're out there in any of the, the Facebook groups and things like that, um, don't don't get discouraged by the fact that there are some that don't don't think it's it's a good strategy. They don't agree with it, and you know and that's fine. That's everybody's opinion um, is fine. But you, do it and do it because it's going to benefit your seller, and it's going to benefit you and your team. How it benefits you and your team is you are potentially going to get leads. It's no different, in my opinion, than doing an open house. When you do an open house, it would be great if somebody came in there and said, wow, I love this house. Will you write an offer for me? Sure. And then what am I going to say? Well, no, because, you know, I know there may be another agent out there that um, has a client that wants to see this tomorrow, so I probably shouldn't write an offer for you today. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with it, and I'm going to write it. But if they, if they come in and they don't like that house, it's my job to find out what, what house is perfect for them. Right. You know, and, yeah. and then we'll find that. And then, we'll, and then now I've got them as a client. It's my opportunity to win them over as a client. The way it benefits your seller is it gets them exposure while they're getting the house ready. Now, do they need that exposure because it's going to sell super quickly? Not necessarily. But what it does do is it gives them an opportunity for more qualified buyers to get an offer on their house in that first day when it does go on the market. You, I, I don't know what the average days on market is, but I can tell you right now, anything under 250 to 300 
if it's priced right and it's in good shape, it's getting multiple offers on day one. I, and I, and I, I, I hate to interrupt you, James, but I think it's worth saying that not all sales are created equal. I mean, there's higher quality sales. So, of course, of course is this property going to sell yes or no? The answer probably being yes, but it, that's not the, the end goal. The, the end goal is, like you're saying, these multiple offers in a, in a, a high quality. That's right. That's right. And, and so right now, and here's my pitch to the people that, that, that think coming soon is a bad idea. And, that, and, and, and I've, read all, everybody's, I've read all the opinions. They, there's a lot of people that think, well, how is that, you know, giving your client the best opportunity to get the best offer? So let's, let's compare no coming soon versus coming soon. Sure. No coming soon. I go on the market. Let's say I go on the market Thursday and, uh, you know, Thursday morning or let's call it Friday morning. Go on the market Friday morning and I get you know, 12 shillings today and I get four offers. Okay. So I got four offers. Each one of them is, 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 has come up with a value that they feel that house is worth and they've presented the financing the way, whatever they qualify for. And you got four offers. And 12 people got to see that house because everybody is putting in um, short time frames and things of that nature. So in a 24-hour period, that thing hit the market and only the people found it on a search that day or happened to drive by it that day got in to see that house. Right. Now, my, com my coming soon marketing... If I've got that sign out there for, for, for 10 days or 14 days and I'm listing it on List Hub yeah. or Redfin or you know, any of these other sites, I'm doing Facebook marketing and I'm, uh, I'm paying for ads that are going out there to people that are shopping for homes. Now, all of a sudden, I'm showing this house to hundreds, maybe thousands of people virtually. Right that have seen it, seen the pictures, and now guess what they're doing on Friday? They're taking Friday off work so that they can go see that house. Yeah. So now instead of five or 12 showings, the, the entire day is built up, and then you've got an opportunity you can just say, you know, if you want, you can say we're not even going to look at offers until Sunday evening. Ooh, okay. So now yeah. you're booked up solid. Yeah. And, and now how many more people saw that house because they had more exposure. And in this market, I've wor I work with a lot of buyers. It's frustrating for a buyer to look at houses and then get in a multiple offer and then get beaten. Or they see a house pop up on the app or on the search. They call their agent and say, can we see this tomorrow? And then they schedule the showing for tomorrow, and then, then the showing gets canceled because they accepted an offer. Sure. Has that buyer seen that house? a week earlier and no, and then had their agent call and found out that it was going to go on market Friday morning. You think they might, as frustrated as they are, they might've taken a day off work or a half a day and gone and been the first one in the house. So, you know, all those agents that have frustrated buyers, this, this, this helps the buyers. It helps the sellers. It helps everybody if it's done right. And I get it. Not everybody's doing it right. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break so that we can hear updates. Hello everyone, this is Jamie Barb with your MyBoard update. Please be sure you are frequently visiting MyBoard.com slash coronavirus to stay up to date with MyBoard's policies and resources to address common transactional issues. 
The clear cooperation policy is now in effect. Please visit mybro.com slash clear cooperation for detailed information on this important policy. Earn the highest certification offered by your association by participating in MyBoard's Master Professional Certification Program, or MPRO. The next session of MPRO will take place August 10th through 14th. Register today at MyBoard.com slash MPRO. On behalf of the MyBoard Board of Directors and staff, we want our members to know the COVID-19 crisis has not weakened our resolve to empower our members and strengthen the marketplace. Our commitment to this industry and our members has not wavered even as the environment around us has changed dramatically. We understand that some of our members may be experiencing financial hardship as a result of the pandemic. In response to this, we have updated our 2020 dues billing plan. The new plan offers two options for our members. The first option extends the annual due date to July 31st, previously July 1st, allowing more time to pay the full amount. The second option allows Realtor members to opt into a three-month payment plan by June 15th. The first payment will be processed at the time of opt-in. The two additional payments will be processed through auto-pay only. Go to mybo.com slash dues and fees for all the details. If there was a year to see RPAC in action firsthand, it's 2020. During these unprecedented times, your advocacy teams at the national, state, and local level have worked hard to secure unprecedented federal benefits for realtors and small business owners, safeguard real estate as an essential business in Indiana and ensure transactions can take place in a safe and secure manner, protect homeowners and their investments during a time when the strength of the housing sector is critical to our national recovery. This is RPAC at work, and this is why we've created the $20 for 2020 campaign. It's a simple call to action for all members to invest at least $20 to RPAC for 2020. You should have received an email from MyBoard about this campaign. You can make your investment at mybor.com slash RPAC. Due to COVID-19, the way we party has changed, but the need in the community has not. Although the foundation cannot host their fun annual summer event, we invite you to join us in lifting others up right now and raising critical funds for the foundation's mission. Please mark your calendars for June 25th, Lift Others Update, a day of giving, inspiration, and fun. Donate the ticket you would have bought for our summer event. Stay home and follow us online to participate in the fun. Don't forget to wear your Lift Others Up shirts. For more information, visit realtorfoundation.org. And that's all for today for your MyBoard update. And now, back to our interview. So let me, let me uh, uh, go back here. Um, so you said you've, you've got 20 years of a career in IT, is that correct? Yeah. So give me give me just a quick rundown of what your uh, responsibilities in, in your in your past career was. Wow, well, I would I would say I'm not your typical computer geek, but I am uh, a former computer geek. Um, my wife called me a, my wife called me a nerd once, and I told her she had to get it right. I was a geek, not a nerd. There is a difference. Um, the geek gets paid to be a nerd. So yeah, um, difference. Yeah. <laughs> so I. Uh, I started out uh, doing drafting uh, at a, at a uh, fire sprinkler uh, company, uh, actually board drafting, and then they um, came out with these, the way to do it on the computer. It's called CAD, uh, computer-aided drafting and design. I learned to do that. Then the next thing you know, I needed to I needed a faster computer to be able to do it, so I. Learned how to build a, you know, you know, build it one of the computers back when you know the clones when they first came out uh, before Dell started mass producing the clones. Um, just kind of got interested in the hardware side of it. 
Um, I was doing a lot of work um, for Wilhelm Environmental, a company that was owned by Wilhelm Construction. And then uh, one day they came in and said, hey, would you mind doing this full time for us? Um, you know, we just, we, we, need some, we need somebody to do it full time. Um, we had four computers, I think at the time, uh, in the entire company. Um, I was a one-man shop for quite a while, and when I left 20 years later, um, we had 450 computers, and I had five people working with me, um, and we, we were, um, I was managing all the technology for um, all the Wilhelm subsidiaries, um, and they pretty much have a company in every trade of construction. Um, I just went back uh, uh, maybe last fall or maybe it's this winter. I'm not sure exactly when. And visited. I think they're up to they're nine or ten people in their department now, and um, it's kind of cool to to look back and and uh, I, I'll tell you the best thing about that career was there's nowhere I can go in Indianapolis that I don't see a building that was built by Wilhelm Construction, and it's just a it's a pride in know that knowing that uh, the, the technology that, that my department was able to provide for them uh, helped help build that. Uh, yeah, and and I set up the and I set up the job trailers on almost every on almost every one of those for the first uh, 10, 12 years, and then I kind of got more into um, management uh, management of all of it, and had techs and. Uh, network administrators that kind of handled the day-to-day, -day, and I did more of the, the planning. So when I left, um, I don't know if there's any other way of saying it other than I was burnt out. Yeah, uh, sure. When I was doing, when I was doing the day-to-day -day tech stuff, that was exciting and fun, and, and, um, and, and it always changed. Um, the... Uh, but then... When you start going into more of the management stuff, it was really fun at first. You get to uh, you get to plan it. You get to spend a whole lot of somebody else's money, <laughs> sure. um, which was a lot of which was a lot of fun. Which is maybe why I like real estate so much. You know, I get to help spend a lot of somebody else's money, um, yeah. and my 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 goal is to help them get the most they can for their money, right? And uh, and and something they're going to be proud of. So when you when you say IT. You know, the first thing that doesn't come to mind is, you know, interpersonal skills and being able to uh, communicate with people. You know, you think of IT, you think of the guy hunched over a computer whose best friend, you know, would yeah. rather spend a Friday night on a computer than out socializing. So what was the, was that a big transition for you going from IT? To well, you know, I'll tell you, um, I remember when they hired a new CFO at Wilhelm, and I'd been there for a while. And, and you know, when he came in, you know, of course, he doesn't know how things ran, had run before, and, and he put a pretty tight constraints on me. I had to go get approval for anything over, like, 500 bucks. And, I, you know, of course, I didn't like that. And my personality is the same today pretty much as it always has been. And maybe I've mellowed a little bit. He went there two months, three months. Limit just kept going up. And the more meetings we had, I, I'll never forget the day we were sitting there. We wrapped up a meeting, and he looked at me and just shook his head. And he says, man, you are not the typical computer geek that I was expecting, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's just, it's, it, it, 
I got into the computers out of necessity because it was it was what I needed to learn to do what I did, and that was yeah. computer aided drafting and the construction side of that. I mean, yeah. heck, I used to. I mean, I designed sulfur pits for power plants, you know, with with, with some guys, you know, and that was the the real the hook that got me going into it. Yeah. And then the computer side of it was just a. Um, Something I learned, and then the EPA pretty much shut down that company that I was working for through Wilhelm, and they just pulled me over, and it, I kind of transitioned. But I've always been an extrovert. I've always been super opinionated. I hate to lose an argument. So I go and I educate myself on the subject so that I, I know what I'm talking about before I get into the argument. And so I don't think I've changed. I think I was, I was a, a rare bird in that industry. I fit very, very well in this industry with the people that are, you said more like a, I would say I'm more like your typical realtor than I am your typical computer person. Well, you, you mentioned that, you know, geeks get paid for what they're, they're good at. And I feel like you just happened to be a geek on the computer. And then you moved on to your life and became a geek on real estate and a geek on DLT rules and guidelines. You just tend to absolutely top to bottom to really understand the model to to know how it can work for you and be a, a resource for your success. You know, when I when I came over into the real estate, I had such a, a long history in technology and I came over and, and, and in two thousand twelve, it's amazing how far we've come since two thousand twelve. And I remember when I bought bought my first house in nineteen ninety, I bought it out of a, a three ring binder. Sure. You know, I went and saw it, but I picked it out of a three-ring binder, and then the agent sent me home and said, okay, meet me at that house tomorrow at 4. I'm going to go over and pick up the keys, and I'll come show you that house. See how far it has come since from 90s of 2012 when I got in. And now to see how far it's come in the last eight years, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And when I got into this business, I said, I'm going to use technology to win me an advantage yep. to give me a leg up. And I'll tell you what, I never did until just recently. I failed in that area. I, I did not use my knowledge of technology quite as much as I should have in my business. But what I did do is I got very involved in my work on the technology and the policy side. I took that detailed geekness that I had in IT and I put it towards the contract. I learned the contracts inside and out. I learned my board's rules inside and out and said, now how can I do things different from everybody else that still fit within the rules and within the laws? I call myself a contract Nazi. Um, You're not. I love it. When, like when your iPhone wants to update, you don't read all that stuff before you click, I accept these terms, do you? Well, No. I'm just saying, no, I do not. I do not. You know, and I, I laugh and I say, you know what, if I want my phone to work, I have to agree to this. So I, I, I click the button and I sign it. But the flip side of that is when IAR comes out with an adjustment on their, on their forms, I read every single one of them and I read all of the, the notes on it. And then if I don't understand or, or I think there was a better way of doing it, I'll go and research it. Um, or I'll try to sit down and figure out a way to make that so I can make, put it to my advantage. And every time I say work it to my advantage, I 100% mean work it to mine and my client's advantage. Sure. 
You know, we, we, we say that with the Internet and all these different websites that, you know, the, the client is becoming more educated on the market and things like that, but they still rely on their realtor to be an expert. And so you become an expert in the places they can't, and that's what makes you so much more, so, so valuable to them. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, when I – there was a point in my career, and I don't know if I'm allowed to I, – I guess I mentioned Sheets, so I can mention Tucker. When I was at Tucker, there was a time where – I was just like a lot of people, and I, I, I had issues with the portals. You know, I, I felt, you know, if everybody's they're stealing our data, or that, you know, why are we giving them our data? Sure. Um, you know, the bottom line is they built, they built a better product than we did. They built a better product than my board did. They built a better product than, than any BLC in the nation built. They built a better product than Remax did, Century 21, Tucker, any of them. And, the, and, and they got the consumers coming to them. And they spent a boatload of money building those systems. Yep. And then we, as agents, complain about pay, people paying them to get those leads back. You know, and, and, if, and, if ever, and I guess the biggest problem I have with that argument is this, I, what I see out there is a lot of the same agents that are complaining about Zillow and Realtor.com and these other portals are the are the same agents that are complaining about coming soon, and that just doesn't compute with me because the argument against coming soon is you're trying to get a limited agency, you're trying to get leads, you're trying to get the buyers to come to you so you can cut somebody else out. But then the argument against the portals is. Those leads should come to me because it's my listing. Sure. Well, wait a minute. You can't. You can't really have it both ways. Yeah. Right. You either, so, so you're okay with a me and me over here because it's your listing, and you don't want the portal to give it to another agent that paid to get that list, that that lead and bring you a buyer. I love the portals. Sell the leads. Get these people out here looking at my listing. Bring me a buyer. I don't care how the agent got the lead. As long as they're a quality agent and I can get through the transaction with them. Right. You're I, got a, I, I, I forgot to warn you. I got a soapbox standing here. I'm pacing around my condo, and every now and then I got this soapbox sitting there. I just climb up on it and start preaching. So. I hear you. Well, no, and you know, I, I think my theme that I'm picking from you today is, and you labeled it yourself. I'm not calling any names here. A self-labeled geek. But you wear that like a badge of honor because, like you said before, it's a geek is someone who takes that skill and uses it to, for financial gain. And it's been no exception Absolutely. with the BLC, and it's been no exception with the real estate market. It was no exception designing sulfur pits way back in the day. Um, so, I, yep. I, I, no, I, I completely uh, respect your, your approach. I think it's, uh, it's something that everybody should, should at least pay attention to. All right, well, that's it. Uh, James, I'd like to, to thank you for being uh, on the episode today of uh, Leave Your Shoes by the Door. James, thanks for being on. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, you know, I, I would never do anything else. This is, this is my career for life. Um, my retirement will just be doing a little bit less uh, of this per year so I can spend more time with uh, my wife and my grandbabies. But, uh uh, anytime I can give back to the community. It's why I got so involved in my board immediately 
Um, you know, and I've, and I've stepped back from that a lot, but, um, I can tell you the one thing getting into real estate at the beginning that I missed, um, from the corporate world was I did a lot of training. You, you implement new technology, you have to train people on it. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So on a daily basis, I was teaching and I was training and I was educating. And, and I missed that when I got into real estate because I didn't really have it. Uh, and, I, and, and, and I've been blessed to be with three amazing companies. Um, I will be with Remax for the rest of my life. Uh, Jimmy Gillen has, has really taken me uh, in and, and done great things. But Century 21 Sheets, um, gave me an opportunity to teach people. Um, Tucker gave me an opportunity to teach people. Mybo has given me an opportunity to teach people. And now that I'm at Remax, I mean, I'm on a, on a regular schedule for teaching classes and, and getting new technologies. It's kind of expected that I get to go learn it and help teach it. It's fun. Um, and then I get to make money doing it. It's just sure. kind of crazy. So Win -win. I love it. I appreciate you for uh, thinking of me. And no problem. And let's be honest, James. It might you might be 99 years old and quote unquote retired, but you're gonna drive by a perfect flip house, and you know you just won't be able to resist. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. You're talking about driving by a house, and I didn't I didn't mean to think about it earlier, but I I I, I used to not be able to drive by a for sale by owner. Uh, oh, sure. I, I called the for sale by owner sign to help wanted signs, and. <laughs> Um, and, and I remember, and, and you're right, so there's, there's I, I'll, I might be 99 years old, drive by a for sale by owner sign and stop and pull in. And, you know, at that point, you know, I'll be old enough that they'll, yeah, they'll just they'll listen to me out of sympathy, but um, I, I'll never forget the time we were running, my wife and I were running a little bit late for a dinner appointment, and I saw a for sale by owner sign out in front of me, and I started to slow down, and she looked at me with that look and said, don't you dare. <laughs> and I, so as I went by slow enough to just kind of take a glance, I sped back up and we went to our dinner plans. But I would say anybody that's getting started in uh, in real estate, you should stop and knock on every door that you see that's got a for sale by owner sign because they need your help. Well, once again, thanks a lot, James. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Again, thanks for thinking of me.